welcome to another episode of SDVC Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. And today we have a very special episode. Uh, we have Jason Oldham and Pastor Jordan Scott, uh, our SDVC team, our staff here. But today we're actually focusing in on Jason because on November 23rd, if you are a regular part of our church family, you know that we have a business meeting coming up. And one of the agenda items there is the calling of Jason Oldham as pastor at SDVC. So we are tremendously excited for that as a team here, as staff, elders, and as a church family. But today I thought we could do an episode that shares a little bit more about Jason, just in case you don't know him personally and you're not fully aware of his past ministry experiences and things like that. So we thought we would have you on as a guest here, Jace. So very cool. (laughs) Happy to be one. And we have Pastor Jordan too joining us and he's just coming back. from a couple of weeks off because he's become a dad recently. So congratulations, Jordan. Yes, thank you. It's been <laughs> an exhilarating couple of weeks. Everything is going well, minus sleep, but uh, I think that's uh, fairly it'll standard. Come. Yeah. It'll come. I hope it'll come. Uh, but today, let's start, Jason, with uh, just an introduction of yourself. For people who may not know you other than um, you're, you being a worship leader on stage, if they don't know you yeah. kind of off stage, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. I have a wonderful and beautiful wife named Julie, who you may have met uh, here and there, but she's looking forward to meeting more and more of all of you as we kind of get out of the COVID stuff and we kind of hang out in the foyer and all that. Uh, And we have four kids. I have um, a range from like 18... My eldest, Micah, will turn 18 this month. And then I have um, Lucas, who's... uh, grade 10, Jenea, who's in grade eight. And then we have a little guy who we have fostered. We just actually celebrated his four years with us this week, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is Christian and he is five and he's in kindergarten. And you probably have seen him running around after church with his good buddy, Nathan. And uh, yeah, that's kind of our, our family. There's a few pets in there as well. Um, but a little bit about myself, I grew up in Ontario and uh, spent most of my childhood and youth and young adult years there. And then when I finished up high school there, I felt the need to um, experience some independence. So I wanted to come out west and uh, I love, I'm a big snowboard ski guy. So that was a big draw to come out to where the mountains are. And but also after high school, I wanted to do um, kind of a one year Bible college uh, type experience where I could grow in my faith. And that was kind of where my journey out this way began. And uh, even though I went back for a year after my one year, I ended up basically feeling God um, nudging me to come back out and, and pursue full time ministry at Northwest um, in the early nineties there. So that's when I kind of started my, my schooling for, for ministry. So that's kind of, I don't know what else you want to know about (laughs) me, uh, personally. I'm, I'm love sports. I love my kind of hobbies, like, like woodworking and, you know, that kind of crafty artsy stuff. And obviously, um, have loved the whole music, the whole adventure in music, um, for me has just been something uh, surprising. I picked up a guitar in, in Bible college and really never turned back, just started enjoying um, 
being able to worship God through it, but also relationships and, and creating and learning and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Northwest there. And if I remember correctly, I think you told me that you were one of the first classes in that new building at the time in the nineties. Yeah, that was a bit of a draw. I was thinking about well, when, when I finished up high school, I was thinking about YWAM or thinking about like a Cape and Ray type thing anywhere. But uh, we found out, and I went to a fellowship Baptist church in Ontario mm. and found out that this school Northwest was, um, you know, been around for a while, but it was moving to a new building on Trinity Western's campus. And so that was like, a, ooh, this could be kind of fun moment. And uh, so, yeah, we were we were the we were the guinea pigs in that new building. And uh, and it was yeah, it was life changing. Uh, those those were some incredibly formative years for me, for sure. Yeah, we're very thankful that uh, that's brought you out this way and that you get to join us now here at SDBC. Obviously, appreciate everything that you bring. Um, but even outside of your kind of more regular Sunday to Sunday role of music, uh, being a director of music right now, director of worship, I also think um, people who've been a part of our church in the last several months here would appreciate your preaching as well. I've heard tons of feedback from our church appreciating the different kind of perspective that you bring when you preach and people say hey i'd love to hear jason more uh on a regular basis and i'm like yeah i'm with you i i really appreciate his preaching oh dear definitely talented it's just difficult sometimes because his main role also is quite you know uh time consuming on a sunday morning if you will um, so if if ever there's a need for a backup worship leader there you go jordan i'm, I'm ready i know i, I know am I so ready for that all of the tryouts so far but i can I could do it, I think. Oh, with a little <laughs> bit of money, we could get you in there, George. Just... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it'll be an interesting kind of a Sunday. Maybe it'll be a, a different kind of way of doing Sundays. <laughs> no, but we definitely do appreciate your, um, your serious and careful exegesis of God's Word. And I think our church definitely appreciates that part of your ministry here at SDBC as well. And, and obviously the lots of uh, counseling and other stuff that we can get into. But um, before we get into your ministry experience, can you also share with us like how you came to know Jesus just personally, how you came to the Lord? Yeah, yeah, actually that's... Uh, so I had some, what I would call some Christian influence as a child. Um, my parents were, it's probably fair to say, my parents were sort of classic, slightly rebellious kids of good, strong Christian families. My um, grandparents on my mom's side were missionaries in India. And when they finished um, doing that, uh, he was a pastor in the town that I grew up in. And my grandparents on my dad's side were essentially church planters. They they started, uh, or at least partly, um, a church called Baker Hill Baptist in um, in Stovall as well, where I grew up, just outside of town, and and heavily involved. And so they had these two rich Christian heritages. Um, but both my parents, I think, were, you know, kind of brought up in there. They, they, it was it was probably hard for them just being ministry kids, and mm -hmm. and they made some choices and, you know, whatever. Incredible parents, but but. When the, at the time they had us, they had kind of walked away or at least were not um, serious about their faith. And so as kids, we we really didn't, they loved us and they kind of taught us about God, but they weren't serious about taking us to to church or anything like that. So I ended up going to, to church with 
like, you know, the neighbors who, who would pick up like it was like a school bus for Sunday school and they would pick us up on the way to church. Um, and I can remember my brother and I um, doing this for a number of years. And uh, one time in church, like it was just like the kids were in there and we were all in there and the pastor kind of just basically shared the gospel in a way that I really resonated with it. Like I'd been brought up with it. I knew, you know, about who God was and the existence of God. But uh, in that, on that Sunday, I really just knew and, and felt and understood um, the person of Jesus and what he did for me. And, um, and when the, when the pastor gave a, a call to come and, and basically turn your life over to God, I was like, I'm in. Mm. And so, uh, I can remember, um, going into his office or, or the fireside room or something like that. Probably I was like seven or eight years old, I want to say, mm. in around that age. And, um, and he walked us through kind of what salvation meant and if we wanted to receive salvation and follow Jesus. And I can just remember giving my life over to Christ in that moment. And, and really, even though I didn't have a lot of what I would consider sort of intentional Christian teaching at home, um, like I, I really do, I look back at it and I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was his presence with, was with me throughout all of those years and moments. And I just grew in my discipline to pray and, and read God's word from a young age and just kind of keep going with it. And, and then it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until, uh, high school, like, like grade 11, probably that I ended up at a youth group, um, through a friend at school. And it was like, that was my like I didn't even realize those things existed and happened. And I ended up at a youth group and like, I was like, I was home. I finally found a community that I knew believed the same things that I did and loved me. And, and that was like, yeah, that was like incredible. And so, yeah, built some amazing relationships that I, that I still have with, with those today and who I, uh, grew, grew in Christ along with. And so, Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, there's a lot more to it, but that's kind of part of the story of coming to faith. Yeah. Sure. No, that's fantastic. Every time I, I hear stories of people coming to know Jesus, I ask this to a lot of the people who are new to our church when I get to uh, sit down for a coffee or something. This is the question I like to ask because I find it's fascinating to see how God works in people's lives. Whether it's uh, for someone who was like, oh, yeah, I found a Bible in the back of my car someone must have left it there and I started reading it and, and then all of a sudden that led to a life-changing and, and an eternal uh, destination changing kind of experience for them and then uh, same with you hearing your story of just this really small maybe what can be perceived as a small act of missional um, life of your neighbors and yeah. people around yeah. you that led you to not only meet yeah. Jesus but entirely live your life for him and just love him yeah, and there were moments kind of through there. Like I, my um, grandparents sent us to summer camp mm. every summer as a kid. And like so for a week every summer, uh, that was like incredible. Like so it just those little th moments throughout life, even though you may not have had it in a week by week consistent basis of like church, mm -hmm. uh, had these like moments like, like camp in the summer where just, you know, you just felt like, fueled for your faith and, and, you know, you couldn't wait to get back and, 
and learn and grow and build those that build into that relationship so for sure yeah and, and i think our people listening would love to hear your ministry experience as well and i think a lot of people know that you've been doing musical worship ministry for several years but beyond that even even beyond that you've done so much more um as well in different aspects and different kind of settings so can you share with us maybe start with um how you got into vocational ministry in the first place um, let's start there so the youth group that I mentioned that I went to um, somewhere around grade 11-ish uh, in my teen years, uh, as I said, I just kind of dove head first in there and, and grew like crazy. So all the stuff that I'd missed in my sort of my my kid years about learning about who God was and, and you know, kind of learning formally from other people who were teaching me, I, like I caught up lots when I went to youth group, got you know, heavily involved into Bible studies and community groups and the whole deal. And I would say I've probably kind of in those moments in my talks with God and my, my, my devotional life, I would say that maybe there was some seeds planted that how incredible youth ministry was for me in those days. Um, I probably had some moments where I chatted with God about like, could this be something where you wouldn't, you would love me to to be a part of whether it's formal or whether it's just serving in a church somewhere helping with youth ministry <laughs> but specifically i can this is a funny story and and byron if you ever tune into this uh, byron's my youth pastor mm. incredible guy who just poured his heart and life life into us um in those days i remember he was um preaching a, a sermon uh for an evening service and um and I could tell he was winging it. Like I could totally <laughs> tell, like I knew Byron enough. He, he really, really great relationship with myself and many other guys. And, and I could tell the stories he was telling, I've heard them all before. And, and, and just, I could tell he was like, it was, he, it was like a prep before, right before kind of minute. And I, I made a comment afterwards. I'm like, yeah, way to pull that one out of your back pocket by like, I was uh, way to go. And, he didn't get mad at me. He actually turned to me and he, and this, you might find this weird, but I felt it was like the beginning of a calling. He turned to me and he smiled and he said, if you don't become a pastor, I'm going to come after you. And I'm going to like, cause he kind of, I guess it was that moment where he sort of affirmed in me that I had a sense of what it meant to shepherd people, what it meant to kind of do ministry. I, I'd grown in my faith enough to know, and even though it was a joke about how unprepared he was to do a, a, a message, to him it was like, a, you have a gift on your life to lead people and love people and work with people. And you also understand the nuances of ministry. Because we were serving mm -hmm. not just, we weren't just attenders. We were, we were youth who were who were already being invested in as leaders. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so from that moment, it was like, it was like, I, I, I giggled and we laughed about it, but it was like a turning point for me to kind of go, Hey, really, should I actually pursue ministry? <laughs> so what he doesn't realize is he put a bug in my ear that, that, um, has led me to, to my sort of following. So I, you ask about vocational ministry. I, from that, even though I wasn't totally, totally sold on the idea, I came out to do a year of, of Bible college, uh, with the hopes of just growing in that year, which I did. Mm -hmm. I had some, 
some desires and gifts in sort of the artistic world and specifically in the design world. So I went back to Ontario to pursue a degree in architecture because uh, I, you know, I just loved drawing. I loved building. I thought, no, the marrying those two ideas, maybe I could design and maybe even be part of um, that kind of world. So I started going to school for that. Uh, loved it. It was awesome. Um, but pretty much halfway through that, I just, it, it was, I, I just kept looking ahead at a, at a desk and a drawing board and I'd, it did not, yeah, it didn't look like it was going to bring me joy. It didn't, it didn't have people. It didn't have ministry. It didn't have, you know, sp spirituality in the sense where I could, you know, realistically and tangibly help people in their, their walks with God. And that, I guess that component all of a sudden made me step back and go, no, I, I think this is God saying you need to get your butt back to Bible college and pursue a degree and, and be involved full time. And so that was like a turning point. Um, pretty much, yeah, kind of ditched uh, school, finished that semester, but then went to work and then went back to, came back to Northwest and finished my degree a few years later. Um, and all the while had served, like like served in churches, uh, served at Quanos at camp, um, areas where I just felt like God could use me. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, served a number of years at Quanos, and that's really musically where the the passion to lead people uh, in in worship and and in song that was probably where a lot of that was fueled, and and a lot of the I learned a lot about myself and about my gifts and through that. And then, um, yeah, I would say in about 97 or 98, I started my first full-time pastoral ministry job as a youth pastor. Uh, and that is at an incredible church that is known by many of you. In fact, it was the church that South Delta came out of, mm -hmm. um, uh, way back when it's the Ladner Baptist Church and there's just such a beautiful church family there that I served with and alongside and mm -hmm. loved and and was loved by them for 20 years. So I did um, kind of youth ministry to start and then it kind of evolved very quickly into more of an associate type role where I was doing a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching and a lot of worship stuff and that's kind of yeah, I, I, it's almost like I blink now and 20 years went by and incredible number of people that I love and loved and was loved by and did ministry alongside with that I just can't even come to tell you how many incredible stories I have of seeing God work in people's lives. So, Yeah, I think when we talk about these things, usually pastors inevitably end up talking about the people. Um, the people that led them, the people that they were privileged to lead or have some sort of influence on, people that they did life together with in these churches. And mm -hmm. I, whenever I hear you talk about your previous work experience, ministry settings, I always hear that love of people, love of God, obviously, and then from there, stemming from your love for God, love for His people, love for His church, love for His community. Um, Jordan, like you've been around the youth scene at our church context for many years as well. And of course, your great sensei, Grant Fredrickson as well. And you guys have had a, um, a ministry setting here in Tawasin, but of course, you've also collaborated with other churches around town. So you definitely knew Jason um, even before he came on to our staff here. What was your impression of Jason um, 
before he started working with us at SDVC? Like when you just heard of him, you know, saw him at some youth events, what was it kind of like, oh, Jason must be this kind of a guy. What was your impression? <laughs> where, where to begin? Where to begin? <laughs> Grant's best friend. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, that would probably be one of the, <laughs> the big things that, that jumps to mind. Oh, good old G. Uh, Grant, he had a number of different nicknames for him. Uh, we, you know, back in the day, uh, and this is something I always appreciated uh, about Grant, uh, is he always had a, a holistic sense of what it meant to be missionally effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he would often spearhead um, with a team uh, corporate kind of youth gatherings and events. Uh, and so Jason was a big part of that mm-hmm. um, and a number of other youth guys kind of in the area. And so when I first really started to get more involved in youth ministry here, uh, that was something that became apparent. Um, so whether it was in a preteen context, when mm-hmm. we did uh, various events called Collide. Collide. Uh, <laughs> way, way bringing back it, in the bringing day. it back. Um, or even before that, when I was in Youth Porch, which was mm-hmm. a, a monthly worship night, uh, I think it eventually kind of became weekly for a while there, different iterations. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of through these diff- different events that, um, that I started to get to know Jason a little bit better. Um, seeing him in action, whether it was through porch leading worship um, or through these events, uh, got the same sense that he was a guy who had a lot of integrity uh, in Mm -hmm. ministry. Um, Obviously, working alongside Grant on various youth events, I was able to kind of see him in action. Uh, The youth ministry loved him and the students there. Not not to suggest that the youth ministries had a beef or anything like that, but obviously (laughs) we were on Team Grant and people who went to LBC were on Team Jason and both both. Little did they know, Grant and I were on the same uh, team. Um, And then uh, probably uh, one opportunity that I had to get to know Jason a little bit better was um, when I was doing YLTP with Northwest. I actually had to interview him uh, as one of my assignments. I I don't know if you remember this. And uh, it was to interview uh, somebody in a youth position outside of the youth context that I was in Mm -hmm. uh, to get a sense of what their philosophy was, uh, what their missional focus was. Uh, And so one of the big things that stood out to me is Jason was um, sharing about his structure and philosophy for preteen ministry and youth ministry um, was that at the core of it, it was about loving people Mm. and helping them to know how much God loves them. Um, You know, once again, not not to suggest those were your words or anything, but I think that was really what stood out to me. And so having now spent the last, you know, year or two, (laughs) COVID changes things, has it? (laughs) Two years. Two years? (laughs) Yeah. I blinked. It's like <laughs> something like it just, that. It feels like we've been working together forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in the last couple of years is is to see that that's consistent in you. Yeah, um, you love people and you want to see them develop and grow and to be loved by God and to experience what that means for them in the context of their discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just limited to your your specific role as worship director, um, but I do sense that even in you whether it's meeting new people on a Sunday, um, always being available to help in other ministry contexts um, outside of worship, uh, you desiring to see SDBC be missionally effective and to move forward achieving our mission and vision, um, that's something that I definitely Mm. see in you uh, and something that I believe is consistent in you. 
at least from my perspective. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing those. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you're listening in and you remember those days that Jordan's referring to, that it probably brings a smile to your face. Um, I, I, I came here after um, Grant had uh, already been gone from our staff here, but uh, I remember thinking, yeah, there's Grant in Tawasan and there's Jason in Ladner. So even now when I, when I hear newer people engaging with our church, like, oh yeah, I grew up in Ladner. The first thing I ask is, do you know Jason Oldham? And they're like, of course, I, I went to DSS, so Jason would volunteer there. How, how long have you volunteered at DSS for? Yeah, pretty much the whole time I was in Ladner, I always felt like, um, I always felt like if I could, there's a couple things with just being out in the community. Like mm-hmm. I've coached, coached sports teams and other things. I just feel like it's super, super important to not get yourself stuck in a, in a church and doing church stuff. It's great, but, but if you're not out in the community that you are living in, um, you, you really aren't fulfilling what God has called you to be as, Mm -hmm. as a, as a pastor. And so when I, when I landed the job at LBC, it was within that first year, I just kind of wandered into the high school and said, do you need any volunteers like Mm -hmm. lunch hour or sports teams, whatever. And, and they were, because of actually it was pretty cool because I know there are some schools that were pretty close to the idea of of Christians kind of kind of coming in there but but some really really amazing youth people had paved a way there which opened a door at Delta secondary for me to just be who I was mm-hmm. in the community that I love and so yeah it's uh, it was sad when I when I finished up there I wasn't too sure where God was leading me at the end of my my time at LBC. Um, so I kind of just let them know that I, I was going to finish up there too, even though my kids go there. And I always thought I would kind of be there alongside my kids. And I was for (laughs) certainly for Micah, but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you if you think about spending a couple of decades at a local high school when there is only one high school in Ladner, yeah. um, you get to know a lot yeah. of people, and yeah. I do I do see that. And my first impression of you, Jace, I don't I don't even know if you remember this. Um, one day uh, after a church service uh, on, on on a Sunday, I decided to go to Mario's because that's what a lot of people do here. <laughs> so we were having lunch. I forgot who I was even with, but I was I must have been with a couple friends or something. And then you were sitting at a different table at Mario's. And I have heard of you at this time. I had heard of you. I, I, I knew that you were a pastor at LBC for a long time at this point. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, But then I'm not the most outgoing, extroverted type of person. So even though I knew who you were and I recognized that you were there, I thought, you know what? I don't even think he knows who I am. So I'm not going to go and say hi. And then all of a sudden, as I'm eating my lunch, someone comes over and sits beside me in my little... Uh, booth there and then puts an arm around me. He's like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm just like, Oh, Hey, Jason, nice to meet you. <laughs> and it is ironic because this is the exact same kind of introduction that I had to grant yeah, I know. at a fellowship event where he I gave know. me a bear, bear hug and Paul Johnson, the pastor at the time We're was horrible. like, Oh, you guys had met before. I'm like, Nope, this is my first time meeting him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice to meet you, Grant. Um, but I remember how friendly you were and, and obviously you wanted to get to know me as a person who is in ministry together yeah, in a, in a yeah. neighboring town there. So that was our first encounter. And then, of course, we ran into each other a couple times. And then officially, I went to seek you out when we had this position open um, to encourage you to apply for this position of Director of Worship Arts um, based on a lot of people's recommendation from our fellowship circles, actually. 
And it was so fun doing the reference checking for you, Jace, because um, we have a lot of people that we know. We we have lots of, we, we hang out in it's the a same small world. Yeah, it's, uh, fellowship yeah. and stuff. So then I, I'll tell the listeners, um, I'll give you guys hopefully some confidence as we vote him in as a pastor. Um, our regional director, David Harita, when I asked him, hey, so um, you've worked with Jason for several years on different, different kind of teams. How, what do you think? And he says, well, if you hire him, uh, it'll, you'll be doing us a favor because we would love to see him stay engaged at a fellowship church. Um, I know that he's kind of resigned from his position at LBC and he's not really at a particularly full-time role anywhere yet, but we're hoping that he stays somewhere in the fellowship. So if you hire him, we're all for it. He's amazing. I would not hesitate. So, and David, you know, he's quite honest all the time. So uh, that gave me some confidence. And of course, I talked to your uh, previous colleague, Mike Mohorder, pa Pastor Mike Mohorder, who was lead pastor at LBC for a long time. He gave me glowing reviews as well. And we also talked to uh, lots of people. And I'm still getting reference checks, even if I'm, I've already hired you and we've already been working together. I went to a chiropractor recently in town and the guy's like, man, you got, you got Jason on your team, right? What an amazing, what an amazing thing, man. Like we love Jace and everywhere I go, it seems like people love you and, and appreciate the ministry years that you've had in this community, which is kind of unique. And I found it really refreshing. And you know, those people bug me. It's like, hey, if you guys uh, don't vote him uh, in and, uh, as a pastor, we will take him. So please let me know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're like, no, 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 no. He's staying with us. Uh, we quite enjoy having Jason. On There's our actually team. some fun <laughs> irony there because the very first job that I applied for was at Parkland Fellowship where David Harita oh. was the pastor and he denied me the job. He did <laughs> not hire me. And, uh, and so I'm thankful that somehow by God's grace, I have won Mr. Harita over. <laughs> Um, no, he, they're such a great, they're such a great family and a great team. And, and, uh, it really is, uh, through God's grace that, um, that he has used me to love the people that he has put in front of me, whether it's a high school student who's become a chiropractor or, a, or whatever, anyone and everyone, whoever, whoever God brought out, um, you know, to keep things simple, it's just about loving God and loving people. And that is just, if as long as I can keep those things first, um, I know I'm doing ministry well. Like, really, yeah. if I can just keep loving God and loving people, that's pretty much at the heart of everything. It's the heart of the greatest commandment. Um, and how that flushes out uh, to each of us in our context. Um, yeah. yeah, and like Jordan said, we can see that uh, in your life, in your relationships, and lots of people testifying that that is the case, that we see this consistently in you. But we should also give a shout out to Julie, uh, Jason's Definitely. wife, and also his family, because I'm not only hearing that of Jason, but consistently hearing it of her, Julie, as well as the whole family that, you know, their life is quite open book, it's consistent uh, with everything, right? Vulnerable, real. Um, but at the same time, just trying our best to love God and, you know, love people. And, and I see that in your whole family. So you are blessed. Um, Jordan, I wanted to kind of also talk about this process of calling uh, a pastor at our church. You know, we could just hire someone, you know, other workplaces would just hire. But here we have this unique thing of uh, recommending to the congregation, the membership, to vote to affirm uh, Jason as a pastor at STBC. Jordan, do you want to give us a little bit of your perspective and insight on why we do such a thing? Yeah. So, you know, there's there's obviously the, the governance model side of it um, with how our church is structured. 
Um, but I think maybe digging a little bit deeper into more of the the philosophy behind it or or why our church has structured ourselves the way we've structured ourselves is that, you know, for us, we we recognize that, you know, the role of, of pastor, um, especially as shepherd, uh, does involve uh, a level of investment that um, might be a little bit more above and beyond um, just a hire mm-hmm. in the sense that what we're essentially affirming uh, when we vote in a pastor is that we as as congregants as as members um, we're submitting ourselves uh, mm-hmm. to the pastoral leadership and shepherding of that pastor uh, and so when we do that we're falling under whether it's in a teaching context mm-hmm. um, you as the lead pastor you would be the the prime example of that uh, and then as as you then lead all of us uh, however, in the context of, of Jason being affirmed as a pastor, it's us saying that we're going to submit and, mm-hmm. and respect that that type of spiritual leadership. Um, but then there's there's a flip side to it. Um, as a pastor, and this would I would fall under this, and Jason as well, is we're now saying we're going to submit to the congregants mm-hmm. of the church and say, hey, we're we're taking on. You know, to a certain context, obviously the Holy Spirit is the one uh, doing everything, but we're submitting now to the spiritual health mm-hmm. of the church, to the congregation, that we're going to commit ourselves to leading, mm-hmm. to shepherding, um, to being ready uh, to, to step in when needed in whatever context that might look like, mm-hmm. to be responsible uh, before God for the spiritual health and development mm-hmm. of, of the church and of the congregation. Um, it, it's almost reflective of the covenants that mm-hmm. we see in the Bible, where you know we as people say, "Hey, we're going to covenant with God. Um, he will be our God. We're going to submit to His rule and reign and leadership in our lives." Um, but the covenant is two ways. It's God then saying, "All right, now you're going to be my people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be in control, and, and you're going to follow me." And I think that is somewhat reflected in in the pastoral uh, type role that we have here at SDBC, which is why the congregational vote is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only an affirmation of that, but it's also an agreement, mm-hmm. I think, of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, well put. Um, it, it is a ver- like us three, we've all worked as pastors in different settings in our lives, and it is a humbling experience for the membership of a local church body to say, we will voluntarily submit to you, even though you're not perfect, even though you don't deserve our submission, we will, out of an act of obedience to God and his church and the authority that he has given in the local church leadership, our elders and so forth, we will submit voluntarily to you, humbly to you, so that you may lead us in the direction that God is going to lead us through his spirit's leading. And then in us, same thing, right? We will humbly submit to the congregation to the elder board, but also to the congregation at large and serve you and love you as Christ has shown as a, the best model of leadership to serve, to wash the feet of his disciples. We as pastors are covenanting or promising or agreeing that we would do that too, that we're not going to rule over just because you have voluntarily given us some authority. We're not going to rule over that. We're going to do hopefully what Christ has set out for us to do, which is to serve to follow after Jesus. And if that happens both ways, where we're humbly serving and the congregation is humbly following the lead, then all of a sudden we have this beautiful picture of a Christ-honoring congregation, I think. And I think in, in the 
structure of how we vote in pastors, that philosophy and desire to follow after Jesus is embedded into it. So Jason, when we call you as a pastor, even though you've been a pastor in other settings for many, many years and you come with so much experience, this is still important for our local church body to do because we as South Delta Baptist Church now are saying, Jason, you may lead us as a pastor. We're saying, yes, we're going to vote you in. We're going to we're going to expect you to lead us, but we're also going to support you as you lead us. So I think this is a tremendously important vote. I think it's a fascinating opportunity to praise God for the people that he raises up to do his work and in partnership with our congregation. So I'm personally very excited for it. Jason, I know you've been through a little bit of a process with obviously me and the staff, but also the elders. Um, elders created a subcommittee uh, to kind of have a vetting process to make sure your qualifications, you know, the biblical qualifications, but also the, the tangible qualifications of working as a pastor at SCBC is confirmed. Because for those of you who don't know, our bylaw suggests that we need a 75% or higher vote in the next coming meeting there uh, to affirm Jason as a pastor. And even if we wanted to let, let him go, I can't let him go. <laughs> it's not like we just fire him. We would actually need a, a vote, a majority vote of the elders. So the elders have an element of uh, a responsibility here as well. Um, how was that experience for you, Jace, as you went through the subcommittee that the elders um, put together to kind of um, vet you and, and to see, make sure that you are a qualified candidate to recommend to our church? Yeah, uh, the whole experience, um, the whole experience here has been really just, you mentioned the word humbling. It's really just been um, super humbling and enjoyable. And um, I mean, everything's new. You're building new relationships with people. You're getting to know people. You're getting to understand the culture and the the uh, the family that exists here. And so um, for me, just the process of this uh, has been um were just really great really uh the the team that that uh um you know kind of asks some some great questions and really wanted to hear about my life and my ministry they were um they were heartfelt questions and they were sincere and um i think just the process even though there was some formalities to it it felt like a just a, a regular conversation with family and uh, super encouraging for sure. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, I was invited to uh, a board meeting after that to kind of meet everybody else. And, mm -hmm. and uh, just, just, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. Um, mm -hmm. um, so looking forward to seeing kind of what happens through it all. I appreciated your words there, Jordan, just sharing that. It was, it had been clarified because this is definitely different than the context where I was hired, you know, many years ago to be pastor at LBC. This was a, just a little bit of a different, um, different way to, to do it. And I totally understand it. And I, I, uh, and I actually welcomed and, and am welcoming it, um, and looking forward to it. So Yeah, and church family, as, as you listen to this, I hope this has given you a small insight into Jason's life, Jason's heart for ministry, Jason's heart for Jesus and his church. Also to hear some of the stories shared by me and Jordan about some of the, um, some of the affirmations of Jason's ministry among us. Um, but most importantly, um, I hope that you are praying and as we lead into the business meeting, uh, may it be a time where you humble yourselves as well and submit yourself to God's direction and, and to seek after His will as you come to vote. 
um, and as you come to support, as you come to worship alongside us, um, our church is in a super exciting place. Even though we've come through a very difficult time and we're not fully out of the woods yet, I totally understand that. But God has been doing amazing things. Just think about the recent baptisms and new people, um, community growing, people going deeper in faith, us solidifying our faith even more through the challenges that we faced. And through it all, God providing people like Jason and others. I, I just want to tell you and let you know that our staff is so um, solid in our unity and to love Jesus and to love the church. We are so pleased to serve you as our team, as a, as a staff. And our pastoral team here, we, we're just so on the same page. Even though we disagree on things and, and we can have arguments on how we do A or B or C, on at the end of the day, on the big things of God, we're always together. We're always for each other. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not just colleagues. And there is a deep sense of love and respect for each other and for what God has put together here. So I am super thankful to be a part of this team. And we're thankful that Jason is already a part of this team, but would love to welcome him into the pastoral team as well. So please prayerfully consider um, as you come out to vote. And if you aren't a member yet, Consider the things that we just talked about, this idea of submitting and, and overseeing accountability, all of this. This is what membership is about. It's, it's more than just being a member of a society or a church or something like this. It's actually a spiritual reflection of how we hold accountable the leaders, the elders, the staff, the pastor. Um, and it is actually a quite important thing in the way that our church is structured. So please consider becoming a member if you aren't already a member. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thanks so much, Jason, for joining us. My pleasure. And we'll see you guys at the business meeting. Mm -hmm.